beaming into your mind like a ray of cosmic revelation smashing through the mainstream like a comet of prophecy you're listening to planet vrilok your podcast for everything super psionics and magic tech lords and ladies welcome to my show tonight's podcast is the civilized psionic primitive <laughs> Join me tonight as we strip off our civilized skins, uncover our bare muscular corded bodies in the stardust of the savage and primitive. To arrive at our destination, we will need to harden our will, sharpen our tusk, and fan out our feathered wings to take flight. As we take flight, soaring high into the blazing fire of the sky gods, the torna silks of ancient barren deserts, will whirl our awarenesses through strange and unfathomable vistas where the sands of time have been forgotten by our sophisticated age in our society of placidity here in the realm of prime evil reigns only king kong godzilla the mighty cthulhu the dinosaurs and crocodiles yet they are mere insects before the dark primordius the first mind my understanding is that when I retract into the spirit of the primitive, my perception of time completely changes. There are no set times and dates. All is in the ever-present state. It is as if my own heart beats with an omnipresent life force, yet elusive as to its source. From the conscious mind, oh, so it is veiled and we breathe a shared vital breath. A signature of our contract of incarnation. Furthermore, all notion of fabricated concepts and unnatural laws cease to exist in the moment of the primitive. There are no presumptions about the greater good all is already as it should be, and anything to the contrary is either a threat or, at best, a mere annoyance. As psionicist, we are the higher level of the primitive, elevated through the power of our machines to a new tier in the cosmic vault of omniscient darkness. Yes, hail primordial king of super black holes and crocodiles, deliverer of all potential and possibilities, penetrator of the mysterious. As an animal of primordial knowing, I need no faith, for I am truly free within this abode of eternal peace. 
Only the hunger for life exists here, in this Christless of matter, set upon the star-illuminated plain of Middle-earth. Though the children of the gods are invisible to my sight, I can share their breath and be made aware of their presence in this synchronism of the primitive heart. Well, we are not truly savages, as the modern muggle would categorize us for what he or she thinks is unsophisticated. Entering the primitive allows for me to also reflect upon the complexity of layers of consciousness starting from without and entering, funneling down into me. An abundance of energy and vital essence is dormant here in the spirit of the primordial depths, and by communion with the most ancient force in the universe, the potential for terrific power is within reach. But without psionics, it is not yet within our grasp. Now psionics gives us some tools which can further allow for the greatness of the prime force to fill the technomancer's etheric with potential and unlimited strength, while at the same time allowing the psionicist to maintain a rather civilized lifestyle. But how this is accomplished is the real essence of tonight's epic tale of the dark and the mysterious. So without further ado, let us begin. So we arrive at the threshold to everything you think you know, and now open the portal to the unveiled and naked truth of the primitive pulse pumping life throughout the world, and also drawing life out from it. Our machines do the heavy lifting for us, so that we don't have to think through the entire process of psychic or magic work. Merely the relationship is required to get sorcery off the ground. In this sense, we enter the primitive state for a time, and then think our will into the universe. But we also extend our will through intent, which is more or less unsophisticated, sometimes nothing more than the urge or primitive desire is all that is required. The duration of operations in psionics varies accordingly to one's abilities and his or her relationship to the machines employed, of course. Through this process, a mysterious thing happens at a level below the conscious direction of the operator. But now allow me to describe to you my journey into this ultimate place of fleeting light and infinite depth, most unfathomable to the analytical mind. It was as I lay quietly in bed, allowing the dreams to manifest themselves and detach my involvement with them. At length I saw myself, my body there, lying upon the bed, my head slumped, 
and dizzily spinning wheels of images flickering in and out of existence lit up around my head. Without warning, however, and only a momentary instinctive sense for telling me of the coming transition, my room fell away from where I had, had hovered, where I stood or floated there watching my body and the dreams spinning about in ferris wheels of light around the head that slept on that bed. Now I found myself in a blackness which was not emptiness per se, but of a substance beyond explanation other than that of kind, the more primitive essence of mind. Around me I beheld a ring of clear light which displayed myriad images of my life and the lives of other people in places I did not quite recognize and yet all seemed familiar to me as if I had known every aspect of this light and imagery. The circle of light was growing in all directions indefinitely, vastly, like a cat stretching its claws and yawning as it wakes from a nap. I could see in all directions simultaneously. Then the light vanished into this dark veil, and I discovered myself without identity of name, devoid of form, stripped of my identity, as I pondered of whether I were truly at the end of all time as I had known it, my awareness rolled like astigmatism in my mind's eye, turning inward, changing dimensions, transcending. A new layer began to appear of reality, and all went black as I passed from this universe into another, and then at last, filtering back down into my own. I awoke back in my bed, feeling like a rubber chicken neck, sort of uh, deflated as my senses reconnected with my body. As I did so, a part of me remained open or within that other universe I had just visited, the grand vault of the ultimate void from which I had just departed. When coming back too, I realized that my body has been recharged. It seemed to me that I had been revitalized and made more aware of myself than I had been prior to the experience of this primitive well of darkness, where I had been stripped of identity as I had known it. When my students begin this journey for themselves, there is going to be some variation in your experiences, undoubtedly. But what is important is to note the changes with which such experiences are owned by you. What you take from these transitions into your own life is the discovery that each individual must embark on as a quest and rite of passage to expand consciousness, albeit 
even an expansion of one's own primitive self-realization. Yes, there are many things these journeys can tell us about ourselves that we are incapable of knowing by mere contemplation. Only the animal instinct can fathom it out. There are rewards for crossing the plains. For instance, some animals may begin to respond more to your presence than others, lending a certain prospect for expansion of influence of creatures and of understanding animals. Environment will also bend to the will of one whom has been outside the matrix material plane, and the more often, the more bending will occur. All of these mysteries can be recorded radionically, of course, then later referenced and represented on a psionics machine, or as a matter of course, we can suppress such rates as well. Having said this, I do believe the direct experience of the primordial retains some of its importance to the occultist. In realizing the natural, we can detach from the enforced doctrines which have been instilled in our minds. Why would we want to do such a thing? Well, frankly, the mind control that we've all experienced thus far has shifted our balance as both sentient beings and primitive life forms. Dare I say, animals. While consciousness is required for a true human existence, there remains much to be experienced through the natural animal self. For instance, during the hottest night when it is most humid, I stand outside, uncomfortable at first due to my civilized upbringing. The beetles, the roaches, spiders, and snakes I have encountered are at first repulsive to my conscious reflection of what I think I know about these creatures. Call it a prejudice. Then a moment settled over me in which I find myself sharing this vital breath of life, and I can feel the value within these primitive creatures, uh, the right to live, the shared source of life in these ordinarily annoying creatures. It is as if a, an experience, a degree of respect for the primitive nature of the lizard, the snake, I begin to sense when and basically develop a respect for them and it can sense their presence and uh, approximation to my proximity when they are around. In essence, I am no longer a human intruder or in any way disruptive to my surrounding environment or fellow creatures. So I cease to be the doofus bumping around into things in the dark, so to speak. With this respect held in mind at any time, I may then displace much of what society has programmed into my mind. 
all these social conditioning and progressive ideas, the religions, the dogma, the constructs of the controllers self-destruct in my empowered prime energy field and spirit of fire. We have within us the fiery spirit of consciousness and the icy spirit of primordial darkness. These two things are owned by a human being once made aware. This is the key, key to the gods and to becoming one of them. But I digress. This resistance to control of others is something which brings my thoughts back to my previous episode on this podcast. I had began presenting the notion of the etheric war, a topic multiple listeners have expressed great interest in learning more about, and what I begin to see here is that the controllers are not trying to separate humanity from Christ, but rather from our natural abilities and train us away from our instincts. This is only possible if much information, most of it conflicting, is presented to our minds in such a way that we are now diverted away from the Gnostic concept of knowing, spelled G-N-O-W-I-N-G, and replaces our prime focus, driving our attention more at conscious contemplation, but until at length, in our present age and time of the automaton, we are no longer thinking much at all. But neither have we our primitive instincts to fall back on. These instincts and our cognitive powers we once possessed have been snatched away by sleight of hand. And, of course, misleading mankind into a number of belief systems to say nothing of installed implementation of habit forming such as cliches and wish fantasy narratives, the stuff of wimps, until at length we are fashioned into very weak, passive, submissive, or just completely crazy people who have been derailed from the course of natural pursuit of living, mating, feeding, right of contrast, or I meant to say right of conquest, as empowered creatures of both nature's instinct and the supernatural's gift of high consciousness, ice and fire, right? It is important to have a better understanding of ourselves here before one sets forth to pursue his or her own destiny. Because quite frankly, why pursue a destiny if one knows not what this destiny could be? And if the concept of destiny is merely suggested, then instinct should play a key role in its further development. Without primordial essence, the balance is shifted far over to narratives and misleading preconceptions about a world which 
consciously is never truly as it appears to be. In conclusion here, I recommend a thorough study of psionics in my club and reading through my Verloc Practical Guides as a beginning point for rekindling the spark. Not so much the spark of the divine, but of the source of all things which can never be known by mere reasoning and may only be unearthed from the unconscious depths of our more primitive beginnings as a species and as the cosmic goo and energy and vibration, the beat that we truly are. An intellectual understanding of this primitive self is not enough. No, not quite enough. However, thankfully to psionics, we can take our own private journey and a rite of passage at home with our radionics and psionics arrangements and a handful of books to help us get there. With this pursuit, we may indeed turn the tide and win that etheric war, the consumption battles and the dissolving resources and regain control of what goes into our bodies and what goes into our minds. If you truly own yourself, then you owe it to yourself to experience the animal within and break those civilized bonds. Only then can you be free. Thank you for joining me tonight on Planet Verloc Sanix Podcast. And until next time, as always, always keep the magic high. This is Air Doctor Von Verloc signing out. <laughs>